Hi everybody, you're listening to The Woke Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. This podcast is about rope bondage. Rope bondage is edge play with inherent risk. We strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to our episode zero on safety and consent in rope before attempting it. Find it at the top of our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. Fox is a rigger and Maya is a bottom. We are long-term rope partners who live in Bangkok, Thailand. We love to share our passion for rope with the wider community. Today's episode is sponsored by you, our lovely listeners. Thank you so much for our patrons who make this podcast possible by supporting some of the costs. If you'd like to help us make more Rope Podcast episodes, please go to ropepodcast.com and visit our Patreon. Today, Maya, we're going to be talking about music in Rope. And that is quite a subjective topic because not everyone likes the same music, right? Not everyone likes the same music and not everyone likes music at all in their scenes or in their play. So do people tie with music or without music? They do both. Um, And... Often people are divided pretty fiercely on this one. This is another one of those um, rope, rope topics that create a lot of debate and discussion for people. So what would you say are the situations in which you use music? People use it in all kinds of ways. So uh, performances is a, a very common uh, place to have music. Although one thing that we found was that Sube in her Christmas episode scene noted that she found it quite different because when she performs in Hong Kong, uh, she performed without music. And then when she came to America for the first time, she was expected to tie to music. And that was really new for her. So in this case of a performance, what do you find that the music does for the performance? The impact of music on a performance can be huge. It can really emphasize a theme, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, It can make people feel different emotions, and we're going to talk about that quite a bit. And have you ever seen performances, rope performances, that is, that didn't have any music at all? Interesting. Um... I think I have one interesting um, kind of blend of the two, I guess, is the uh, Nuit de Corps um, performances where they okay. have four different performances going on at once, but the soundtrack for all of them is created separately. So that's quite an interesting one because the people themselves are either tying to a different type of music uh, or no music, and then the music is imposed over the top. So to be clear, there are four performances being shown at the same time, yeah. but only one soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. And none of the four performances are made to that one soundtrack. Exactly, exactly. So there you've got music as more of an ambiance. Mm-hmm. And as a viewer what do you feel the music does in that case when it's not directly involved with the making of the performance it's more giving you a feel for the whole piece it's not enhancing one particular performance so it's not showing off a particular theme it's not emphasizing a type of tying it's not um increasing emotions in any particular way okay that's interesting so we use music in rope performances. Do we also use music sometimes in non-performance rope? Yeah, so in a scene. Uh, this is probably for most of our listeners the most common place where music will be used. Um, and that might be in private tying or it might be in a public venue. Um, in a public venue, of course, you don't get to choose, okay. which can be a challenge. 
And during a scene, well, then you've got to agree between you or one of you's got to choose the music there. And then you've also got aftercare. So I find that you often turn the music off during aftercare. Why is that? Usually I would say I change the music for aftercare if I can be bothered. <laughs> because it's just, just me then. <laughs> if the scene uh, has been to a more dynamic, fast-paced music, I find that doesn't usually work for aftercare. And so I would... I actually have a special playlist on my device for aftercare, which is lower tempo songs. Okay, interesting. So you're using music there as a kind of bookending. Yeah, I'm especially the tempo of the music. I would choose lower tempo, slower songs for the aftercare part. Mm-hmm. And music itself has a lot of uh, benefits from psychology research. So it can do a lot of things and we can draw on those, I think, for our scenes. Okay. What are the psychological effects of music you've seen described in the literature, Maya? Uh, Evoking emotional states, I think, is the biggest one and probably the one uh, that echoes what you're talking about there. So having that up-tempo music certain types of arousal are going to be created in the body, whether that's excitement or energy um, or um, fear. These are all different types of arousal, whereas a low arousal state would be that more slow tempo music, which is more calming, peaceful, gentle. So how would you use that in a rope scene? I mean, you've already described how you might use it within... um, If we consider before, during and after, you might use it to kind of crescendo up into the scene itself and then bring the person or the the tying pair or triple or however many people you've got in your scene uh, back down again. So Mm. you can you can have that kind of crescendo in the middle of the scene and then you're building it up and slowing it down after. And I sometimes have this frustration while I'm singing that I wish I could be changing the music in real time as I'm tying for different parts of the scene. And I guess that's something you can make a reality if you have a third person available to be the music director, essentially, for your scene or for your performance. Maybe, although I suspect you wouldn't like that because then someone else would be directing the tempo of your scene. You would have to have a neural link to tell them what you wanted. Yeah, I used to have that smartwatch on my wrist that could uh, change songs and change the volume. And I did use the volume to remotely adjust the music to different times of the scene. That was kind of nice. But yeah, you would have to relinquish the control of the music to a third party. And that worked for some people, but not for everyone. And definitely, if you do that in a performance where there's some music transitions to hit, If the person in charge of the music is on it, it can really work. But if the person you're counting on to manage your music is not doing a good job, it's really going to tank your performance. Yeah, yeah, make or break, for sure. Um, All right, so some other pieces from research. Uh, Music can connect us to others. So there's this idea of being in sync with other people. So the reason that um, military um, organizations do marching Mm -hmm. is because of this idea of being in sync. And there's lots of research around 
uh, certain types of um, like drumming circles and things like that, getting us in sync with other people. Choral singing or any kind of singing, really. One of the reasons um, I was listening to a psychology podcast about uh, religion and hymns, and one of the reasons we have hymns in church um, is because they get us into this sync with each other. That's super interesting. So I guess it could be synchronicity between the top and the bottom within the scene, exactly. but it could also be several groups of people playing in the same room and synchronizing mm. on the same music. Or and rhythm. people do talk about the energy of a dungeon. A, a rope jam, mm. which I guess is a word that comes from music circles to begin with. Mm. Mm. Um, so that's another way. Mm-hmm. And then a third way is that music can actually help us with pain. Okay. How does that work? Certain types of music can help us to manage pain. It can help us distract us from pain. Uh, again, it can put us into those um, arousal states that help with pain. Okay, so if you need, for instance, to sustain a more difficult rope suspension, having some music you feel can help you do that? Yeah, and I will say um, there was an, a non-rope activity you and I did a long time ago uh, that we did some training for that you got me to make a relaxing um, soundtrack for to help Oh, this thing you mean. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. Listeners like you make this podcast possible. We want to continue making this podcast for you for a long time. And to do that, we need your support. Please go to ropepodcast.com to buy rope video lessons from experts so we get a small commission on your purchase at no extra cost to you. In addition, a really great way to help us is donating on Patreon. A one-time amount or a monthly pledge that can be as little as the cost of your morning coffee makes a big difference to us. And you will gain cool perks like behind-the-scenes photos and the ability to vote on future podcast topics. Go support us on ropepodcast.com because you love rope too. So this um, idea that music can really uh, help us in lots of ways that maybe we're not even conscious of um, is really interesting. And and music has an effect on our body chemistry. Uh, Loud rhythmic music increases Mm -hmm. your adrenaline levels. Okay, and what does that do for a scene if your adrenaline is higher? So arousal, again, like that's a way of... um, And and by arousal, and this is important, I think, in this context, I don't just mean sexual arousal, I mean the emotional states in the body that mean um, we are more energized, so fear. Hmm. Would you say that as a bottom, you tend to prefer tying with music or without, personally? Um, I like music, generally. Okay. What about you as a top? My only issue is I'm hard of hearing. And so music for me poses an additional risk because I might already have trouble hearing the communication from the person I'm tying just from being deaf. And so if there's music on top of that, it increases the likelihood I might miss something. Um, But that apart, I would say I prefer with music. So there's sometimes when you choose to use music or not use music because of that? Yeah, I would say if there's a person I am less familiar with, I would rather tie without music or with quieter music so that I have a better chance of hearing them if they try to speak to me. 
Or if I have a spotter, like someone with normal hearing that can alert me if the button's trying to talk to me, then I would be more relaxed with using music. Well, if you had a, a button who knows about your hearing challenges and like, is, you already have confidence that they are able to speak over, is that something that would... Yes, or someone who knows to use uh, hand signs or visual communication, other types of communication than auditory. Yeah, I think the other day I just swayed as hard as I could yeah. in the rope to try and get your attention. Um, it wasn't my most graceful moment. Yeah, but, very expressive know. hands. Yeah, yeah, sort of flapping is what works. Yeah, the say. flapping did it. Tapping on my body also is a good way to draw my attention. Yeah, if you're close enough, slash the hand, my hands or the person's hands aren't tied. Yeah, you know, all over the place. So this this idea of supporting the vibe of the scene that you're going for, I think is one of the reasons why people often use music. Mm -hmm. we, we actually had a whole episode on emotions and rope, and I think we touched on music in that, didn't we? Probably, it was like three years ago, so I can't say that I remember <laughs> it perfectly. Okay, so I'm gonna link that in the episode show, show notes. And again, research shows that uh, music really deeply impacts how we perceive our emotions. So if mm -hmm. you, already you're feeling a romantic connection to someone in a scene, then you can choose music to enhance that. Okay, and do you feel that there's an anchoring effect as well where you can associate a certain music with a certain person or a certain situation in the same way that, for instance, smells can help recall a certain memory by association? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question, though, because what happens if the person's uh, memory is different from yours and less positive? I think it happened to us, actually, because I like uh, tying to Led Zeppelin, for instance, and you have a very different pre-existing set of memories associated with that band. Yeah, and they're not bad. They're just about uh, my father who passed away. Uh, but that meant that in a scene where you were thinking, I don't know, of whatever you were thinking of with Led Zeppelin, I was thinking of maybe things that I probably didn't necessarily want in that rope scene, or at least I would have, I needed to communicate to you that that's what was happening so mm. that you understood. Um, so yeah. it kind of sounds to me that music is something that needs to be negotiated maybe before the scene as part of all the things we check before tying with someone. I think um, my personal opinion is that what you say about the hard of hearing is the most critical. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's something that's really important. Like, don't just assume your partner can hear you. Uh, that's a very ableist approach. Definitely. Um, and, you know, could get you into quite a lot of trouble if you put on music too loud and your partner can't hear you. Mm. Um, so that's... That's the kind of baseline for negotiation, I think. And then it's it's harder because do you start with, you know, music or no music because we like music? Well, music is such a huge expanse of areas. Yeah, and that's the thing because if you... Let's say you're the person who's going to choose the music for the scene. And that could be the top, that could be the bottom. And you go with blaring death metal. Uh, there's a good chance the other person doesn't like super loud death metal and it's kind of going to ruin the scene for them a bit. But at the same time, what if that person also happens to love death metal and you love death metal and you kind of 
stop yourself from the, an enjoyment you could have gotten if you talk to that person and realize you actually have tastes in common there. Mm, mm. So okay, so you put it on you put it on the negotiation list of maybe saying either I don't mind what music you play mm-hmm. or saying what about I'm planning to play this area. Is this okay with you? If you're the person who's been assigned the, or you're the person who's choosing the music. Hmm. Yeah, I think bringing up negative or potentially difficult emotional associations is a real risk of music. Okay. Um, I will note also that um, music can help you drop off to sleep. Uh, How does that work? It reduces the amount of noradrenaline in your system. Relaxing okay. music. So um, that's something you can use if you want to induce a more mellow, mushy state yeah. in the person. Yeah. There's a book called Why You Love Music by John Powell that I'll reference in the notes should anyone mm. be interested. And I assume we're trying more to put the bottom to sleep than the top. Well, that's an interesting one, isn't it? If you play um, very relaxing music that helps the top drop off to sleep, that maybe isn't so helpful. Let's hope the top takes you down from the suspension before falling before asleep. Because otherwise it's going to be a long night hanging up there. Exactly. So what do you think about the idea of having themed playlists around topics because one of our patreon supporters grammar guy suggested this he um suggested the song lifestyle as a thematic um area to blend around what are your thoughts by themed you mean the lyrics yeah exactly the lyrics so that's interesting because the spoken word in the lyrics of a song are definitely another area where you can inside some feelings and states of mind in a person, right? And so I I can see potential in the idea of choosing songs that say something, that carry a message. But I would be careful to choose songs that are also compatible in the music style at the same time. Because if you build your whole playlist just from the keywords in the lyrics, you might end up with a mishmash of songs that don't flow super well together from a musical standpoint, I feel. Yeah, I think that's very true. And you might go from, as you say, death metal to um, Tibetan sound bowls in, you know, one swift jump. I know a few death metal songs that have Tibetan song bowls in them. I think one thing to look at, and that's a difficult but interesting exercise, is build a playlist where both the themes in the lyrics and the music goes well together. And then you can much more have a cohesive unit. I think the more generic your topic in that case, the easier yes. that would be. Like love. Sexy love songs yes. turns out pretty easy. You put on some Nora Jones, some Billie Eilish, and uh, like some Haley together. And you've got a very easy to make sexy times uh, playlist. If your theme is... Um, suspension from the right ankle you have a smaller (laughs) set of songs to choose from yeah i think that's i think that's very right we explored this topic in one of our episodes i think episode 107 in the 30 questions rope challenge okay can you remind us real quick what the 30 questions rope challenge is Maya? The 30 questions rope challenge is a a fun, light-hearted rope-based questionnaire for people to answer. It's Mm -hmm. on FetLife um, and it's linked on our main page. And question number 17 was, what music do you like during rope? Okay, and what was the answer? 
all kinds of things. Okay. All kinds of things. And I think this was one of those areas where that breadth of taste really shone through. Again, if people are interested, have a listen to that episode. And also to some of the answers, you can browse through people's mm. answers. All kinds of things, except everyone quotes Massive Attack. Massive Attack is a big favorite. I think Massive Attack is officially the soundtrack of Rob Bondage at that point. <laughs> Every single person has tied to Massive Attack at some point or does regularly. And I can't blame them because it's such a safe choice. Uh, so many people like it and it goes pretty well with most rope scenes. In fact, I will confess that when I tie a new person that I don't know very much about and we haven't had a ton of time to talk, uh, it's, I pull out the Massive Attack. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. It's uh, chill, it's got that kind of sexy, but not too sexy mm. beat. Um, yeah. It's kind of trancey. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we give it our seal of approval and we're not even being paid to say that. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be thrilled. So what kind of types of music... So if we think about that question, what were mm-hmm. the like most common types that we've heard people tying to or seen people tying to? Okay, let me think for a second and recall. Well, there's uh, the whole sensual slash romantic vibe, which is a bit tricky because sensual can be different for different people. And different cultures. And different cultures, very much. Uh, Some people like classical. Personally, I like string instruments to tie to because I think you can draw rope in a way that matches the sound of string oh. instruments quite well, like violin, cello, that sort of thing. For me, um, that goes really well with I the movement of dragon. I never considered that before. Well, I'll give you this one for free, Maya. <laughs> then lo-fi music, uh, except if you spent enough time on YouTube, like those drive you crazy. So in that case, you should probably avoid them. Uh, soundtracks to like movies and so on, which can be very efficient or can backfire. Because so we're not again, thinking The Greatest Showman soundtrack and we're more thinking The Lord of the Rings. I mean, The Lord of the Rings would drive me crazy personally. So once again, your mileage may vary depending on the experiences you have surrounding a certain franchise. It's very hit and miss. Mm-hmm. What about non-music music? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Like what kind of um, audio might you use you could have ambient sounds okay. you could have nature sounds you could have water um trickling just make sure your bottom had a chance to go to the bathroom before <laughs> oh, no. you can have wolves howling to them at the moon in the distance you can do all kinds of things you can have a soundboard and like while you tie with your hands you press on the soundboard with your foot for like sound effects sound effects <laughs> <laughs> some yeah, of those are likely to work better than others Mm. another trick you can do um, is choosing songs with lyrics but have the lyrics be in a foreign language Mm. that you don't speak and then you don't get hung up on the lyrics as much i think that is a great uh trick as it were with one major caveat it's really important that your partner (laughs) also doesn't speak that language 
Because if you put like songs in French and you think French sounds great, but you have no idea what they're saying and it turns out the other person speaks French. Then and it's maybe not what you were thinking. Yeah, yeah, it might be a rude awakening. I think that's a really good point because sometimes lyrics during a song can really throw you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can end up singing along if you happen to know the lyrics quite well. And that isn't always what you're looking for during mm. the scene. One thing I find with music is the tempo of the music affects my tying speed. And so if you're top, you might want to choose music that is within your range of mm. tying. Like I know I can't tie very fast. And so if I put on music that's super fast tempo, my natural inclination is going to be trying to tie that fast. and. I'm not going to manage and that's not going to be a good match for me. So yeah, I would say try to choose music with which is within the tempo range that you like tying at at the top. Okay, that's really interesting. There's also some um, evidence in the more wider research that ambient music can increase creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's quite an interesting idea. Like if you pick music that supports your creativity. Oh, Quentin Tarantino style where he like clearly took an album and then made a movie script based on the songs on that album. (laughs) So there's uh, research that certain types of ambient music, so not music with lyrics, not albums, uh, music that helps your brain, I guess, to again get into some kind of sync that uh, increases creativity. This is not rope-related research, just as an aside. Is there such a thing as rope-related research? I mean, there is, but not in terms of music, as far as I understand it. Well, maybe we should uh, fund some. Come uh, join our Patreon and help us <laughs> create a rope research scholarship. Um, so <laughs> that would be really cool. Right? Just as an aside. We could have like a whole Think institute. Forming a PhD, no. supporting Bangkok PhDs. Institute of Kinbaku Research. What's that? <laughs> B-I-K-S. The Bix. Okay. Send your checks. Send your checks. Um, but not Bitcoin. No, 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 no. Just checks, cash. Anyway, I think it's it's time to get back to the subject of the episode. Let's finish off with a couple of examples from myself. So we've already talked Massive Attack because we know that's a thing. Grandma Guy, again, collected a big, um, long uh, list. um, And I'll link to that in the podcast notes. So you can look Mm -hmm. up what other people have suggested, plus the 30 questions. What else about you? Uh, Yeah, I I tend to try to be conventional because the things I like deeply are um, not the things most people like. And I don't want to inflict my tastes onto people too much. So I would go for easy wins. So mostly uh, central trip hop or even pop songs. The risk with pop songs being that if it's being played too much, people might be really sick of it. Mm. Like Ed Sheeran. Uh, I've had had Bottoms tell me, can you remove the Ed Sheeran uh, from the playlist? Because I've heard that song 10,000 times and I can't bear it anymore. And for me, it has um, negative associations with another guy who's in my past. So And see, it's a really interesting exploration. So you want things that are obscure enough (laughs) that she's not going to be thinking of her ex. 
but conventional enough that it's not gonna pull them out of their headspace. Yeah. And that's your sweet spot right there, dear listeners. Yeah, okay. I like some of the more personal songs from our history that we've used. Like we had one Ishinawa where I wrote a whole erotica with the songs interspersed with the hmm. writing because the music really made a big impact on the scene for me. That's probably the scene where the music had the biggest impact. And that story is a really good read as well. You you. should link it in the show notes. Thank you. All right. So in conclusion, um, music is a double-edged sword. It can really improve your scene or it can really mess it up if you make the wrong choices. So be careful with it. And even the absence of music is a tool that you can use. All right. So what I would love is for our dear listeners to come into the show notes on FetLife or Instagram and tell us what are their favorite artists or favorite albums or favorite songs to tie to. Sounds great. So that's all from us at The Rogue Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from and also come friend us on our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, where our name is also Rope Podcast. If you have a question related to rope, we'd love to answer it in one of our future episodes. Drop us a message on FedLife or Instagram. If you like this podcast and would enjoy more episodes, find all the ways to support us on our website, ropepodcast.com. In particular, please consider supporting us directly on our Patreon page. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying.